Hey all, welcome to the Unqualified But Qualified podcast, or the UBQ, where you can listen to get a dose of inspiration to help you find your purpose and live out your big dreams with Jesus Christ. I'm Stacey Walker, a mom, a jingle writer, and a Christian with a passion for helping other women and writing and singing music for the Lord. I'll be singing to you and walking alongside you as we ask Jesus to prepare us to do the big things he's calling us to do. He doesn't disqualify you, sister, so don't you disqualify yourself. Let's go. You sent singers into battle and tax collectors to spread the news. That woman at the well, well, she's all right by you. They weren't too far gone for your life to get through. If you can use them for good, you can use me too. It's through your grace, I'm alive, I'm alive. So use me, Lord, though I'm unqualified. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the UBQ podcast. Today's episode is Christian Friendships Can Give You That Sunday Feeling with my friend Laura Batchelter. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to have her as my first guest ever on the podcast. Um, She's a force for the Lord's kingdom, but she's a very unassuming force. Um, She's kind, delicate, has a soft, beautiful voice, and uses her love and positivity to draw people closer to Christ. Listening to the Holy Spirit and inviting people from all Christian congregations to a weekly women's Bible study that she co-leads and thereby uh, is grounding more people in their faith and into relationship with Jesus in a much deeper way. She has been an inspiration to me on how to be a godly wife, mother, and especially friend. And she's brought a ton of joy into my life and opened up Christian friendships that have become deeper as we talk about our lives together and study the Word together. Laura, thanks so much for agreeing to be here with me. Oh, wow, Stacy, Thank you so much for that. And I'm happy to be here. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions um, I wanted to know, um, because you do so much work bringing Christian women together, and that has had ripple effects on people, Mm -hmm. because as they start to get into the Word and learn there's power there, learn there's power in connecting in Christian community, and you pray over a lot of our friends, what got you started in wanting to lead a women's Bible study? Wow, that's a big one. So... I never wanted the calling to lead the women's <laughs> Bible study. And I think I've, I might've mentioned this before to several people, several times that, um, I was in a study at a large church and, uh, it had ended abruptly due to COVID. And so I was felt really alone and isolated and away from, not only my friends, but the women that I had uh, fellowship with. And as COVID stretched on and we didn't know that much about it and it just became longer and longer, um, all of a sudden a church down the street kind of just um, inspired me. And all of a sudden I had this idea, well, what if we... um, start this woman's group. And so I talked to my friend who was running this other women's group that was really large before COVID hit. And I asked her, I said, Hey, would you mind 
um, I have this idea. Why don't we just start this study? Let's, let's kind of get it back up and running. And, um, she said, you know, God is calling me into a season of rest right now, but I'm pretty sure that God is speaking to you to do it for you. And I said, oh no, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm, I, I don't, wouldn't even know the first thing about it. Um, and so I listened to her as she said no. And then I asked her about five more times. <laughs> And my answer that, was, are this, you sure, God? Are you sure? And and then I spoke to, to God. I'm like, God, is this really what you want me to do? Because I didn't know about that. I'm not sure that I heard that. But, um, you know, it was on my heart. I prayed for it for a while. And then I got some wonderful ladies to come alongside me to help me. And um, with my teaching background in elementary, I was able to just kind of pull together some basic things. And, uh, and then we started it really kind of out of the blue grassroots and, um, women from like 11 or 12 different congregations came together and they were all just thirsty for the word. They were so starved of like just being together with other Christian women and, being able to not only just worship, but come together and, and pray for each other and pray for our families and our children and to share that bond. And so uh, it's we're going on our third year now of, of doing the Bible study and our study has changed and it's grown and it's just really been a beautiful thing. It's so wonderful. I, you say it was so new to you, but from the outsider looking in, it felt so smooth, so well organized, so well run. Um, it was what we all were looking for and needing. And you had us outside, you know, in the sunshine, getting together in women's groups, talking about issues. And it was just like every, every time I went, it felt like therapy because it was, it was the words, it was being in the Bible, being around Christian women, supporting each other at different levels. We're all from different congregations, so sharing different experiences, mm -hmm. but then one joint experience. And that was going to be my follow-up question was, what was, uh, why did you decide to open it up to women from different congregations? Or was that also just a, kind of the fallout of COVID and there wasn't a lot of resources for people, so people were needing it and you were just like, yeah, come. Mm -hmm. Well, let me first say that that's a really great question, and um, nobody was open. There were no <laughs> churches that were open. Our regular parish was closed, and um, surrounding parishes were closed. The larger parishes especially were closed. And um, in this, this particular parish was the only one that was open at the time that you could actually go mm -hmm. and you could worship. And I have to tell you, like, I get really emotional, but like the, the first time, like the first month that I went to this church, um, it was right after Easter and I cried. Like yeah. I just, I had tears flowing from my eyes that I was able to worship like in a church in person without a mask. I could see everybody's smiling faces. It was a real beautiful thing and such a, um, a pivotal moment in time. So that's when I spread the word. I was like, 
ladies, this church is open if you want to come worship. And, you know, some people weren't ready to at the time, and, and that was okay. But a lot of people, when they heard that we were meeting outside in the sunshine, like you said, and we were able to actually, like, do our, our book club, which is based, you know, on different books around the Bible, that's when people were in. They were just ready to reconnect. It's amazing. And it's it's very unique because I think God did open up the opportunity that not many other churches have, which is that church mm-hmm. opened its doors for women from all different churches mm-hmm. to come. And at the end of the day, you were building us up by being in the word, building our confidence in Jesus, showing us there's power in the Bible. And a lot of people from other congregations weren't used to that. Like they weren't as empowered by themselves being in in the Bible. And then also we got to strengthen ourselves with Christian community. And like I said, you, we pray for each other, but you also are always there as a friend to pray for anybody um, I love how I see you work in the community. Our kids go to Christian school together, and um, I see you reaching out to people from all walks of life, all women uh, from all walks of life, and inviting them. And if you're not inviting them, you're just being friendly to them. You're smiling at them. You're trying to show grace, even if there's um, differences in opinions for different things. So I feel like you're an example of what it means to be a Christian friend. And... Um, I think you were telling me earlier when we were talking that Christian, like a Christian friendship differs from a regular friendship. Mm-hmm. Most of my life, I just had friends. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them, I would say the majority, didn't go to church after mm-hmm. my youth kind of went my own way um, and found my way back. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like differs, what differentiates everyday friendships from those uh, with the foundation of Christ? Mm-hmm. Well, first, let me say, just going back to what you're saying a a little bit on the earlier part of that, is that it wasn't through me doing this. It was it was um, the Holy Spirit um, working through me to like strengthen these, and because I did not know what I was doing, and I was figuring it out as I went, and I can't take any of the credit for that because that's all just Holy Spirit led and prayed for and wrapped in prayer and. I have to say that some of the other Bible study leads and I, we just pray before every single, um, before we start the, before we pick the book, before we pick the study, before we meet, we wrap all the ladies that are coming in prayer. And I think um, going, thinking about what you said about how Christian friendships differ than other friendships, I mean, I wasn't always walking with the Lord. And um, I think that, when you think back to like your high school days or your college days or your days when you were dating, maybe before you're married, if you're in that stage of life right now, that um, it's probably safe to say that we've grown a lot through all those times, each one of us. And, you know, when I was far away from the Lord, um, I think that my priorities were different and also my friendships were different too. And probably the things that I was doing <laughs> with those friendships was a lot Just different. a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And look, you know, I, I, I did stuff probably that I'm not proud of. I probably 
you know, there's times where I can be humble enough to say that I blew up friendships or that, um, friendships didn't go the way that I wanted, or they were just not, um, they were not based on what is edifying, but going on to where I feel like I'm at now, I think when you think about friendships, like with women that we have now, we're thinking of what, what is going to be edifying not only to God's word, but what is going to be, what is friendship going to be rooted in? And it's going to be rooted in faith right now. When you're in a friendship with another Christian friend, um, you have something special because there's grace there. There's a grace that's in a Christian friendship that if you mess up, you are not going to be like, okay, well, we're done with you. And, um, you know, that's something that, that I've done in the past. I wish I could go back to like maybe a friendship or uh, a friend who I maybe wrote off too soon and I didn't give them that, that second chance. Um, now it's not to say that you can't have boundaries in friendships because I think healthy boundaries are really good, but you know, when a friend makes a mistake, um, you show them grace. If they come to you with a humble heart, if you, um, are speaking the truth in love and you're going to hold a friend accountable to certain things, you know, on a deeper level, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like through our, um, our group, we've talked about at the Bible study, I have a concern. I have anger. I have something I'm going through and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to be able to come to a Christian friend with that and transform that old gossipy behavior mm-hmm. where you used to go or where yes. I used to go into like, I can express this to you and I know you're not going to tear down that other person mm-hmm. or judge me. You're going to help help me like through the feelings and help me get to that next level, but it's going to be a different process. Right. And so I don't have to feel icky afterwards. Like, Oh man, I shouldn't have talked, you know, whatever word about that person. I shouldn't have said those things. Or I don't have to feel like I'm holding it all in alone because you're going to be the Christian friend that like, Ooh, you did that. Like Mm -hmm. it's, so it's that really nice balance of you, you can hear me, you can hold my struggle and pain, and that's how I feel when I come yes. to you guys and the gals at the Bible study. But you're not going to add on, because what does gossiping really do? It just fuels mm-hmm. a fire of anger yes, in you, which makes your life harder. Um, yeah. So it's it's a new type of friendship that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. and, and pouring more into mm-hmm. and trying to be there for others that way. I think, too, there's always a need behind every reaction that we might see that other people are going through. And I think with my husband right now, I, we, we definitely have been doing Christian counseling for like going on our third year now. And I'm proud to say that because it's helped us in our communication so, so much. And I know that there's so many women out there who also can benefit from, um, having these conversations with their husband and, and with their friends. And I think also it just spills over into everything. It can be with your children. It could be at your job or whatever it can help you with. And I think that one thing that I learned is, is that there's always a need that's not being met somewhere when somebody has conflict with another person. And sometimes it's not even about us. It's a need, it's a deep rooted need of um, whether it's they, you just want somebody to hear you or somebody to listen. And so I think that when we come to uh, the gossip, when it comes to the gossip, 
that a lot of times we are making a judgment on a person. And what does judgment lead to? It leads to shame. And I always remember one of my good friends saying to me that God says, shame off you, not shame Mm -hmm. on you. And Christ came to like take the shame off of us. And so whenever I think of that, I look at the person that I'm (laughs) maybe in a conflict with or that is coming at me in a different way. And I try to think to myself, okay, what is the need? And if there is a humbleness of hearts and you can talk to that person, then it can be a beautiful um, transformation in the friendship. Uh, But it just depends where everybody is on their walk. Um, That kind of leads me into my next question. Um, What motivates you to keep doing what you're doing in the community, keep reaching out? What are those things that get you amped and excited about it? But also, what are the things that discourage you from it, like at the pickup line Mm -hmm. or at Sunday, (laughs) you know? So what are the things that fuel you and what are the things that tear you down on some days? Yes. You know what? Um, It's so interesting because we're called into fellowship, right, with people, whether we're at the pickup line, whether in the grocery store line, whether we're at our children's sports, um, we're called into fellowship. And we are not, you know, Ecclesiastes um, 4, 9 through 12 says, it's very long scripture verse, but basically two people are better than one. And we are called to be into fellowship with these people, but not everybody is going to, um, is on the same walk. They're in different places, you know, and a lot of times it's stuff that they're going through and has nothing to do with us. So what are the things that, um, encourage me to keep going on? Well, I, um, I have a big love for, uh, women's ministry and for, uh, seeing the women come together and be in community because being in community is such a special thing. It encourages not only the friendships, but ideas are generated and children and families, and we're doing dinners together and things like that and breaking bread. That's what we're called together to do. It's true. And when we're together in the way that you've kind of I mean, what Jesus created, right? But you're trying to emulate, like you're trying to create like a Corinthians type of like how how we can be a community based on biblical truths. Mm. When we get together on Wednesdays, it feels like Sunday. It feels like family. And that's what that Sunday feeling with, with women who are, are growing in the Lord together. Yes. So exciting. It is really exciting to see it. And it's so interesting because as you know, we're going to be starting up our Bible study soon. And there's like we're, I think we're at 50 people and we we're trying to cap it and more women have joined in is the it past. Francis Chan, right? It's, um, we're doing the book of Job by Francis Chan. And it's so interesting to me because some people are like, why are we doing the book of Job? Um, and some people call it job who are not familiar with the Bible and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. You will learn that it, there is no judgment here, that it is the book of Job. Shame off you. <laughs> Shame off you, not on you. And, um, it's interesting because, There's so much suffering in the book of Job. And I had somebody walk up to me just at this last church service and say, why the book of Job? There's so much suffering in there. But honestly, there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn how to walk with people through their suffering. We need to learn to walk with them without judgment. 
because we are in such a divisive climate and culture right now where you're either to the left, you're to the right, you're conservative, you're not, you know. And um, I think that really to go back to like a Jesus mindset is that it doesn't matter what they think about this subject or the next because our battles are not between flesh and blood Mm -hmm. as in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians. And so, you know, we need to remember who our battle is with and it is not with each other. That is for certain. And so I think that that being said, it just has like a very calming effect on people when you are in community and you're listening. And that's another thing I wanted to say is that um, there is a difference, I think, sometimes between um, prayer and unsolicited advice. And so unsolicited advice uh, is where you know somebody's hurt, somebody's in need, and you think you're going to give them all the answers. You're going to tell them what class to go to, what vitamins to take, what, you know, and sometimes people just need prayer. And I'm they laughing because I, I do that a lot. And they need, I try no, to it's give okay. advice We all do it. And listen, there is a time for advice. And then there is time to be of service to somebody and to pray for a friend. And sometimes praying is the biggest gift that you can give them. But also before you even know the difference, because let me ask you a question. Do you know how to tell if somebody needs prayer or somebody needs a service? And I'm talking about services and like watching my kids, picking up this for me. Maybe they're in such deep grief. And I think a lot of people don't know the difference between when does somebody need service and when does somebody need prayer? What would be the flags for those things? I wouldn't know exactly. Well, you ask them. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> you ask them what their need is. And you know what? They might be going through a really deep, hard phase in their life. And they might say, you know what? All I need right now is for you to go to Starbucks and just give me a caramel macchiato, whatever it is in that moment. And you can help them. Or they might say, you know what? Can you just pray for me right now? And I think that's the thing is, is, is having that communication to say, do you need advice of X, Y, and Z? Or do you just need me to listen to you and sit in silence with you and give you a hug? I love that. Yeah. And going back, circling back to the, because we, talked about the book of Job um, and how it does get dark. Discouraging moments for you. Do you have an example of one of those or? I have many. (laughs) (laughs) And and then what do you do when it gets too heavy or discouraging? Because God's kind of put this on you as a purpose. God's kind of laid this on you. You didn't expect it. You didn't know this would be part of your calling, this women's ministry. You thought you were going to get somebody else to start the women's Bible study and you could go to it. And now God's like, no, it's you, Laura. It's you. You're the one that's going to start it. And not only that, but you're going to, you're going to spread my word into different congregations and different groups that maybe they're in a congregation, but they're outliers. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of those in our community where they may go to church, but they're not living in the will of God. Mm -hmm. They're just, and it's, it's good that they know of God, Mm -hmm. but they're not benefiting from the the deep joy and the deep peace. Mm-hmm. They're caught up in the whirlwind and the movement. And we live in a in a place where everything moves very fast. Mm-hmm. Everyone's competing with each other. Everyone's mm-hmm. kids are competing with each other. Yeah. And if you're not on that 
hamster wheel, you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. So you're inviting people to get off the hamster wheel and be different, (laughs) right? Come on, get off the wheel. Yeah, and it's so different, right? Slow down. I know you have yoga today. I know you have a million things you could do. Come to Bible study today. Mm -hmm. It's going to eat away at your time, but guess Mm -hmm. what? It's going to fill you in a way you can't even imagine. And it's going to give back to you because God has made us to give to him and be given back to Mm -hmm. in such a beautiful way. Yes. So when you get discouraged because people shoot it down or people think you're different or people see you as not lining up with how our our society and our little town is, or That's our right. big town is. Yes. What do you do when it gets discouraging? When it gets discouraging. Well, for me personally, I've had, this last year was really hard for me. I, I was really sick for part of the year and a good portion of the year. And um, I was really upset about how it happened, how I got sick. And then my father, um, fell. He had long time vascular dementia. And then he went into the hospital and went on hospice in Chicago. And I, I flew out there for that. My husband was sick at the time. Our daughter was sick. They weren't able to be there with me. Um, and then eventually my father passed away. So this year has been like really, really hard for me. And, uh, in the midst of it, I could see the miracles And I'll tell you, there were times when it was really, really hard for me, um, especially through um, when I was not feeling well. Um, And I have to say that that was when I did lean into um, friends who were more of like the elders in the church. Mm -hmm. And they came and they prayed for me. They laid hands on me. They prayed. They prayed for me over the phone. They encouraged me. They kind of um, encouraged me not only with like scripture verses and songs and different stuff like that, but just also with just being there for me and asking what my need was. What do you need? Um, But I have to say that the entire time that I was there with my father was such a blessing. And that even though I was in like the deepest despair of um, sadness because of my dad, it wasn't as deep as it's been in the past because I had the joy of the Lord with me because I knew that my dad was going to be ending his suffering. And even though, um, my siblings were very, um, beyond crushed as, as I felt initially, I, I moved past that. I was able to move past that because I, I, that's kind of when you, your faith kicks in and you lean into the Lord a little bit more. And so I did have this peace around me. And I remember a couple of people were saying, wow, you know, you're doing amazing. And, and, um, how are you doing this? And I have to say, um, it's because of the Lord. It truly is. I, I've always seen you bring light even in the midst of hard times and be a light in the midst of difficult situations. And that's such a good example. And what you just said about going to elders during your time of struggle, Mm -hmm. that's what you have been, by listening to God and being um, obedient to the Lord and following Him and saying yes to God, you have set an example for more women to then set an example for more women. So you're going to your elders. I'm coming to you for prayer. Mm-hmm. People have started to reach out to me 
for prayer. And I would never it's have... like a big prayer chain. <laughs> yeah. And it's just amazing how I you see it. it. Go. And it's because you said yes. Mm-hmm. It's because you showed joy even in your struggles. And not to say you don't call and ask for prayer when you need it, because you do. That's right. You're not going to be your own fortress. You ask for prayer mm-hmm. when you need it. But you also bring joy even when it's hard. And you set that example. And what would you say to the girl who um, is in church... Um, very busy with work and maybe kids um, Mm -hmm. or just on the working path, dating, and they don't feel like they have um, Christian community. They're going to church, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's about all. They're really busy. Mm -hmm. Um, What advice do you give to them? I would definitely say to plug in with a small group. There's so many small groups at so many different churches. I mean, it doesn't matter where your parish is. There's so many groups you can plug into. And especially if you get into like a women's group, um, try to find one that's at your stage in life. But sometimes, you know, they're just all grouped together. And when you can find those ones that are all grouped together, I think it's a real beautiful thing because you have the wisdom of your elders there. You have younger people who are in maybe the beginning stages of either marriage or maybe the beginning stages of family. And I think that we all have a lot to share with each other. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on with Christian friendships and how you pour into people or what they look like through God's eyes? In Galatians 6.28, we're called to carry each other's burdens and by grace that we would do that, to carry each other's burdens, to come pray for each other when we need it, to meet each other where we're at, whether it's a death, whether it's sickness, whether it's um, any other thing that somebody's going through. And um, also, I'll end with saying, too, that iron sharpens iron. And one woman can sharpen another woman. And that's from Proverbs 27, 17. And so by sharing your heart and having an authentic and honest and open relationships in your friendships, somebody else can feel comfortable coming to you and being honest and open. Having said that, we keep that sacred and we just really learn to keep those things private if somebody's sharing their heart with us because that is what we're called to do is to hold that space for each other. Well, you've been such a blessing in my life, Laura. It's been amazing. And the Bible study that you've started, it's affected so many people. And just the ripple effect of of how God, when He works in us, we can work in others and things can grow. It's so amazing. Um, The song that I wrote is called um, Sunday Feeling. So I'm going to put it on the podcast just because I feel like these friendships that I've gained through the Bible study, through Mm -hmm. this community, give me that Sunday feeling. And then the song recommendation that I have for the week, because I give one every week, is by Keith and Kristen Getty. They're an um, Irish husband and wife couple. And the song is Oh How Good It Is. It's a, Some of the lyrics say, Oh how good it is on this journey we share to rejoice with the happy and weep with those who mourn. For the weak find strength, the afflicted find grace when we offer the blessing of belonging. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Laura, for being here. Thank you, um, Stacy. And I'll just say one really last thing is that whenever I think of our friendship, Proverbs 27, 9 comes to mind, and it is a sweet friendship, refreshes the soul, and awakens our hearts with 
joy and you have been a joy to get to know. So thank you. 